you are listening to Rootbound, a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. Rootbound is sponsored by Summertime. Time to sit back and unwind. Summer, 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 summertime. you haven't already guessed you are listening to the summer special episode of root bound i'm steve by the way and the song that you're hearing in the background you may already know is called summer madness by cool and the gang it was released in 1974 and as an instrumental track it hit number 35 on the billboard hot 100 which i think that's pretty cool but that's not why i'm playing this song right now I'm playing this song because I think this song is a quintessential exploration of plants in the summertime. Bear with me. <laughs> you know, uh, this the song is called Summer Madness, and yet it's so chill. And the title and the mood of this song, kind of this cool juxtaposition. And I think that's how plants are in the summer. If you think about plants in the summer... They're kind of growing out of control, spreading all over the place, getting really big, really fast. It's a kind of madness, but plants are also just chill, you know? (laughs) And so when I was getting ready to do this summer special episode, this is the song that just first popped into my head. And I think it is a really great chill song to play when you're thinking about plants in the summertime. Before we get on to the main part of the episode, I thought I would just drop in a, a few more fun facts and dazzling details about this song, Summer Madness by Cool and the Gang. I said you might already know this song, maybe you know it because you know it, but also it has been sampled a ton by other artists. So. WhoSampled.com is this cool website that lists who sampled what songs, and they say that there's over 230 songs that sample Summer Madness, including artists like Janae Aiko, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Erica Badu, and probably most famously in their song Summertime, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. All right. Hey, welcome to a special summer episode of Rootbound. I am your host, Steve, and... And these are the special episodes where we talk about a specific season, and also we have more than one guest, and also, weirdly, we introduce the guest at the beginning of the episode instead of the end of the episode. So, to introduce, once again, to the show is my wife, Carla. Say hi. Hi. Also, from episode two of the podcast, we have Maggie Dwayne. Hello. And, who has not been on the podcast yet, uh, Mark. Hey, hey. 
Um, also, we have some other audience here who might chime in at any moment, but they may not. So we have a little bit of an audience. We are sitting out on our patio under a nice uh, shady umbrella that I just purchased. We have uh, some glasses of that elderflower mead that we talked about a few episodes ago. Let's do a quick cheers on Mike. Cheers. Cheers. And uh, yeah, so we're just going to talk about plants and summer in general. And I think maybe let's just start with Maggie because Maggie has brought some <laughs> accoutrement to talk about. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you said that we just wanted to share some anecdotes about summer and plants. And so I thought about the tastes of summer brought to you by plants. And so one of my favorite, absolute favorite tastes in the world I'm sharing with you today um, and it's going to sound weird on it for our listeners, sound weird for our listeners because they don't know, it's, it's just going to sound weird. And then I want to get your reactions to the taste on audio. So what we're looking at here is a bowl of strawberries followed by a bowl of sour cream oh. that you are going to dip your strawberry into. And then you're going to dip your strawberry into this brown sugar. And to me, this is a taste of summer. My mom would bring this out all the time, whether we were having guests over or sometimes if we were just having a grilling out an evening in our backyard. And it is so fresh. And I tell you, it sounds weird because sour cream, right? Everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. like, shouldn't it be whipped cream? Right. No, That's I tell I you it not. Was when I was looking at it. <laughs> so um, I want you all to grab a strawberry. Okay. And then just go on. And yep, Mark is, is diving right in. Uh, and uh, just yep, dip it and in, in the brown and then sugar. you dip it in the brown sugar. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mark just went all in. I'm Reaction. so excited. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to try it now. <laughs> yeah. Hold that mic so Maggie can try it too. All right. Here we go. Wow. Mmm. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a strawberry shortcake, in a in a yeah. Mmm, that's awesome. Great idea. Mm. Um, well, that thank you for uh, uh, having some fresh summer treats to go with our fresh summer beverages. Yeah. Um, when I was thinking about summer, I was trying to think about summer and plants, and um, the thing that I thought of was I'm a beekeeper, as you all know. Also, Mark is a beekeeper. We started beekeeping bees together. They're actually just off in the distance behind us, buzzing away. Mm -hmm. um, but summer for bees is an interesting time because that serves this concept, which sounds very, like, dramatic. And I guess it can be for the bees, but there's a concept called a nectar dearth, which is the time in the summer when there's not that much nectar. Um, and, and so bees actually, bees need to save save nectar in the form of honey sorry Argos the dog Maggie's dog is decided to chew on some of my corn plants <laughs> my corn is always having issues <laughs> anyway he just chomped a little bit of he didn't I think it's okay but he decided to taste some corn okay back back to the nectar dearth um, so yeah there's a time in the summer when there's not a lot of nectar. So, you know, bees store honey to get through the winter, but they also need to store that honey to get through certain parts of the summer because as you think about flowers, most flowers bloom in spring and there's another batch of flowers that bloom in the fall, but the summer is a time when there's not as many flowers and also because of the heat of the summer and the, the lack of water in the summer because of the heat, 
even flowers that have that are flowering may not produce as much nectar. So it's actually a time where you know you look and everything is green in the summer, but often for the bee it can actually be a little bit of a struggle because of the nectar dearth, which I just think is also a, a cool kind of sounds metal nectar dearth. A good rock, metal band. <laughs> we are nectar dearth. <laughs> very intense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, cool. that's that's one of my summer my summer thoughts. Mark, do you have any summer thoughts? Oh, well, I would just say that um, lately I've been seeing some flowers bloom that I haven't really noticed before. So this past week, uh, at the neighbor's front yard, I noticed some lilies blooming, and they're okay. huge. Um, I always forget how big they can get. And they're just hanging in a pot um, right next to the sidewalk. And uh, yeah, it's kind of like in your face when you walk by it. So it's cool to see that coming out. Um, and uh, I would say, kind of, sort of like comment on the nectar dearth, that it might not be, because of flowers like that, there's a bit of more of a variety in a more urban setting. Because people you know, have their own flowers that they keep out mm -hmm. um, that may not be native to the area. And so bees do have a bit more um, latitude when it comes to in an, uh, being in an urban setting. But um, I would say, yeah, it's cool to see flowers blooming, um, maybe not as much as the spring, but they're definitely around in an urban setting. Yeah, that's actually a really great point, I think, uh, as you alluded to, that there are some studies that show urban bees can actually be more productive than bees. Mm. Uh, well, in the countryside, if bees are like in a more like uh, natural environment, like a forest, which actually in North America there are no native bees, so no environment is really natural for the honeybee, but that's another thing. But in the country where there's lots of agriculture, there's actually only a few different kinds of plants, whereas in a city, in an urban environment, yeah, people keep all sorts of cool plants, daylilies, which which Mark mentioned. We've got some growing, which I just learned this year that we have daylilies. I guess I've been accidentally mowing them oh. the last four years, and now they're here. And like, I, I, did, I was like, oh, cool, daylilies, they look beautiful. Uh, I guess Is that they, just because you weren't mowing anymore? <laughs> yes, basically, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I mow very limitedly, My, as you can see, the garden. I actually mowed for everybody. Uh, uh, the other day, but yeah, I, I have a kind of a wild garden because I like to keep things as like close Native. close to natural as possible. But yes, Carla, what do you what do you think about summer and plants? Um, well, I feel like everything's a lot more green. Um, like whereas in in spring, it's always like there's more colors, there's flowers blooming, there's a lot more like purple, yellow, pink. Um, like all of these colors that I associate with spring, but in, in summer, I feel like everything's just more lush and green, particularly in this area. So in like the DC, DC swampy area, just because of the humidity. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, one of the things that I don't love about summer though is the mosquitoes. Oh yes. Uh, because they just hunt me down. Um, so I feel like if I'm around, everyone else is safe. Yeah, um, you're a mosquito draw. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely a, a mosquito beacon. Um, so so that's one of the things that I don't love, but I do know that they are also pollinators um, for a lot of plants. So um, I can't hate them too much, just a little bit. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, mosquitoes are so, <laughs> like, uh, like, terrible. <laughs> and But but they have their, like, niche in the environment. And I've often thought, like, what happened if we just, like, one day there were no mm -hmm. mosquitoes anymore? Yeah. And that sounds good, but it probably would have massive, like... Oh, terrible repercussions. Repercussions, right? uh, you know, the amount of biomass that's there. Yeah, and then early, you know, this time of year, the summer, is when they like to drink blood. But earlier in the year, they actually do drink nectar, and they do are part of the pollination process. Um, they It's not only, I think, it's when the female is ready to lay eggs is when she, like, needs a little extra energy, so she <laughs> goes for blood. But, uh, 
but yeah, mm-hmm. so they they are important. But then you also get it gets complicated because we have so many different uh, introduced species of mosquito now, and I don't know. It's a fascinating topic, and and it's a it's a I don't know controversial topic. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird. I did not know that mosquitoes actually were pollinators. I thought. I, I've often wondered, like, what is your purpose here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, does anyone need you? No, they, okay, we do, apparently, so. Yeah, there, there was a kind of a mosquito trap I experimented with once. I should try it again, where the idea was, so mosquitoes are attracted to CO2. That's how they end up by humans, because we breathe that out. Um, so there was this kind of trap that basically it had nectar in it, because they like nectar, but then it had, like, uh, sh- sugar and yeast, so it had a fermentation process that was creating CO2, and the idea is that the mosquitoes fly towards the CO2, mm-hmm. then they think there's good nectar, they fly inside, and then they get trapped in like the liquid. And I guess it works okay, but yeah, anyway, they, they were going there for the nectar. Um, yeah, very interesting. Wow. Hmm. I thought it made them kerplode because of the oh, yeast. Oh, right. Yeah, well, no, that's a different, that's a different <laughs> one. There's a different one that is called a mosquito dunk that has some kind of particular... <laughs> bacteria in it that mosquitoes would eat and then when they like they drink it the mosquitoes create co2 in them or something i may maybe i'm conflating things i don't know there there's a bunch of different mosquito strategies i'm trying to always figure out what is like the most natural strategy because i don't want to spray like stuff so actually around us right now that i have a big fan that is off because we're recording but that's one really good way to prevent mosquitoes because they're actually terrible flyers (laughs) and so just a little breeze can keep them away um, I also, in front of the fan, you guys will see a bunch of random plants. I don't think this is going to work, but I thought I would try it anyway because I needed to cut it. That's a plant called mugwort, and it is traditionally known for repelling mosquitoes. And so I decided to stick a bunch of dry mugwort in front of the fan. Maybe that will do something. Probably not, but it's fun. Uh, so yeah, another way that I try to keep mosquitoes at bay naturally and also plant-related is I have this product. I think it's called Mosquito Barrier. There's other ones like that, but it's essentially just like really concentrated garlic juice because apparently uh, mosquitoes don't like garlic, which is really kind of funny because, you know, like, they're little bloodsuckers and, like, vampires don't like garlic. I don't know if, <laughs> how that works together. But anyway, I spray this. I use, like, a like a lawn sprayer and I spray that all around. So I did that a lot around where everyone's going to be hanging out today outside um, because trying to prevent mosquitoes. Um, Trin, who's sitting at the table, who is an audience member, has a, has a mosquito anecdote, actually. I do, yeah. So I actually was uh, in grad school. I was in a vector ecology lab because I went for um, public health. So mosquitoes were a frequent topic of discussion. So I have two anecdotes about them. One is that there's been a lot of um, talk that there's been no greater driver of human evolution than the mosquito just because of the way that they can spread so many diseases, specifically wow. malaria. Like sickle cell anemia is an evolutionary response to, to malaria. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's one thing. The other thing, which I found very pleasing, was that part of that lab was that I had to raise mosquitoes, but it also meant I got to kill them. <laughs> and I killed them with great pleasure, like thousands of them. So in case everybody was, you know, wanted to get some frustrations out, I probably did it already for you. So, so. I just have a question about your experiments in that lab. Mm-hmm. Um, what, why were you growing them? And then what was the purpose of killing them? Like, what was the purpose of growing them? So essentially we were uh, raising them and at different points in the life cycle, we were trying out different um, ways of essentially like, how do you use pesticides or like insecticides on these mosquitoes and how do they respond? And the ones that made it to the end, their reward was that I still kill them anyway. Uh, (laughs) Wow. And these are ones that couldn't suck your blood. 
even if they wanted to. Oh, so these are specific strain, like a specific breed of mosquito that tragic. couldn't do that. Yeah. Although we did apparently get extra credit if we stuck our hand in to like let them try, and sometimes they, some of them could, but I never did that. Oh, you never did? No. Oh. It was not worth it. Do you remember the species? Uh, the ones that we would have done would have been uh, 80s Albopictus, which is um, the common one in North America and, mm -hmm. and Florida specifically. <laughs> I think we weren't supposed to use Aedes aegypti. Those are the ones from Sub-Saharan Africa that are like the main mm. spreaders of malaria. Basically, if Aedes aegypti is released here and they manage to like get a foothold, we're all kind of screwed. So well, are there the, they're starting to, but they haven't quite like established themselves. We have so. another invasive species of mosquito around, and those are the ones that really get me. Um, I forget where they're from, but Asian um, tiger mosquito. yeah, oh. that's the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Asian Asian tiger mosquito. Mark, I don't know if the audience heard in the background, but yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's wow. Yeah, a uh, it's like a vampire hunter, but a mosquito hunter, yeah. a mosquito killer. That's very interesting. <laughs> Micro vampire hunter. Yeah. Um, and another just changing topics here. Another summer thing I was thinking about is you know summer is a time where there's a lot of heat. There's a lack of water, and that got me thinking about where, where I spent a lot of time growing up and where Carla and I met, which is in San Diego, mm -hmm. which in the summer, the main feature was fire. Mm -hmm. And and that is an interesting thing to think about because we spend so much, uh, as humans, like worrying about fire, and fire can be so damaging, but fire is also part of like the natural cycle, and it's this really tough thing to like, um, to like balance, right? of how humans deal with fire and like for example there's some theories that our centuries of fighting fire in the wild has led to this situation where we have so much much damaging fire because there's so much more plant material that has grown whereas in the past it would have been burned away mm -hmm. in natural cycles that being compounded by climate change and, and ever increasing temperatures is kind of like a, a, a perfect storm to have really really bad fires whereas like in the past yeah you would have bad fires but they would burn away the material and in fact they're so part of the the natural cycle uh in the spring episode i talked about how some seeds need to be cold stratified where they they need cold in order to germinate there are some seeds or some plants that need mm -hmm. fire to stratify yeah. that to 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 uh to germinate and it's like they will not germinate unless there's been fire or smoke um and i think even i think it's like the sequoia or the, or the redwood one of those the seeds need fire i believe so don't quote me on that audience but Anyway, yes. Uh, so that's that's the other summer thought I had to, to say. So yes. Um, I have I have two questions points. Sure. First one was, uh, would anybody like my second taste of summer? Oh yes. yes. Oh yes. Of course. Second okay. summer taste. It's a beverage. Okay. So I can run in and get them real quick. Oh yeah, please do. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah, Maggie's gonna run in and grab a beverage apparently. And she's gonna have to skip over Argos. Do you need, do you right need, uh, do you need a help getting any uh, glasses or anything? Do you want glasses? No, no, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, while while Maggie's gone, does anyone else have any summer anecdotes, summer stories? I was just going to say, as someone that uh, has an academic background in water, something I've noticed is, and I'm sure other people have noticed as well, is uh, the proliferation of aquatic plants. So if you're in the ocean, you'll probably see more seaweed, although I think that's more towards the end of the summer. Um, but I noticed when I was in the Netherlands, um, there was a lot of um, 
it's not quite an algae, but it's not quite a seaweed either. It's called duckweed, and it'll just kind of like spread like wildfire, covering all the canals, and it gets pretty nasty. I've tried to do stand-up paddle boarding through it, and you just kind of get caught in it with your paddle. And also in the lakes around, um, it definitely gets covered in that. So um, it's not a good thing because it really it's detrimental to recreation. Um, but um, it may be natural, but maybe just due to climate change and some other human cause factors, it's uh, yeah more prevalent than it otherwise would be. So, uh, Mark, just to interject, I actually uh, spent a summer in Utrecht in the Netherlands, um, and uh, I was doing like this this school for um, uh, like a summer school special session for um, environment and like how you know to promote environmental issues um, in different academic um, in different academic uh, topic uh, fields. And so um, I remember goofing off with everyone else who was in the program and we went in the canals in Utrecht um, to, to be on like the, uh, not gondolas, but like the, the boats that are in, the, in, those, um, in those canals. And I do remember trying to paddle um, with, the, with a stick that we have, that, that you get. And it was like really tough because it got stuck in plant matter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. at the bottom of the canal and I wonder if it was the duckweed that you were talking about just now. Were you punting? Is that what it was? With the stick? Yeah. Punting is a mm. is a recreation in the UK that I know of. Oh. And it's like it looks like a gondola boat and you use just a stick to push yourself mm. through. Is that what you were doing? I, I think we had a mixture of like the oars and the and the long stick. Um so because we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so So maybe that. Um and yeah, that story reminds me that one of the measures that they try to take, um, duckweed doesn't grow as well if it's in, if the water's moving too much. So um, they've had to remedy, so to remedy that, they've tried to add like, um, maybe like have a little fountain to agitate the water in, in certain parts of the canal um, and uh, maybe add some sort of artificial current to it. But yeah, when you have stagnant, relatively stagnant water, like in a canal, um, that's kind of more for water management than for transportation. And a lake, um, it's stagnant enough that, yeah, duckweed will really proliferate there. Along with, yeah, all the nutrients from runoff and all those other things really, yeah, help it to grow out of control. Is it native? I think... I think it is. Um, I don't, but don't quote me on that, audience. <laughs> yes, audience. I always say, you can Google it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, actually, just just talk about duckweed. Uh, uh, summer, you know, I think could be a challenging time for some plants. But if you're an aquatic plant and there's water, mm-hmm. it's a pretty sweet time because mm-hmm. you've got all that like uh, photosynthesis and you don't need to worry about water. So yeah, probably just uh, fill up the lake. This may look like slime to us. But to waterfowl, it's a feast. This unusual perennial is duckweed, smallest and simplest of our green flowering plants. All 15 species of duckweed produce male and female flowers, usually on the same plant. 
New growth simply sprouts from old. Um, so Maggie is returned yes. from the inside with four cans of something. Yes, this is uh, just a summer ale um, oh. from a local brewery. It's called Sunburn. And so I thought, for me as an adult... Ooh. Sounds good. <laughs> um, as an adult, beer is definitely a summer taste for me, and beer is made from plants. That's true, yeah. So I thought this could be a fun way oh, to you. share more libations and good good merriment with y'all. Oh, Trin, do you want a beer? Because I know Carla is not a beer fan. I'll have a tiny, teeny okay. sip from yours. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack this on Mike again. That's it's, that's always fun. It's a it's a theater of the mind. Mm. Ooh. Good beer all over my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So yes. Uh, well, so let's just uh, wrap this up with a final cheers and uh, enjoy this beer. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, cheers, cheers. cheers yes. Mmm, mm, that's good. It's like grapefruity or something. Very light. Mmm, super summery. My guests on this summer episode of Rootbound were Carla Arias, Maggie DeWayne, Mark Nodge, and Trinad Dontamsetti. Rootbound is hosted by me. Sweet Summer Child, Steve Ellington. Music by Christian Krikoskota. Fake ads by David Lani. Rootbound. It's a podcast about plants for when you're stuck inside. But if you can go outside, enjoy the summer madness. Summer, 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 summertime.